where did all your friends go? Do you wish you had more friends? As an adult, it can be harder to make new friends and forge those bonds. In this episode, Harlan and I talk about what you can do to make some new best friends. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan and I am here with Miranda. How are you, Miranda? I am doing fantastic. Great. So today we're talking about friends. You know, we grow up, we create great friendships with people who we spend a lot of time with, uh, usually in school. It's normal to lose contact over time. That just happens naturally. We all get busy. We all find new interests. We all get involved in different things in our lives, different people in our lives, families, other friends, and just things change. So we can hold on to some of our friends. We hold on to some of our best friends when we're, when we're younger. But since friendships are so important for a happy life, how do we go about finding new friends when we find that we have new interests and new priorities in life and uh, we want to be able to share them on you know an everyday basis with people who make us happy? So the New York Times addressed this, especially this fear of you know, getting to the point where we just can't seem to make friends anymore. Yeah, it's really weird because, well, when we're growing up, you know, we have our BFFs and we have our great friends and they're always with us. And a lot of it, like you were saying earlier, is very situational and it's difficult to keep up with that. And in the New York Times article, it talks about how hard it is. It says, um, you know, you, you resign yourself to situational friends, KOFs kind of friends for now, because there are all of these other things that get in the way and you're not thrown together with people all the time, people that you might be compatible with. It's one thing to be thrown in a school where you have 300 classmates in your graduating class like I did. So you have more people to choose from as far as making friends goes. Uh, And then finally you go to work and now you're in an office with maybe 20 people and And how do you find somebody who's going to be your BFF in that situation? Yeah. And is is that something you really need? And as an adult, you know, I find that a lot of my older friends are still some of my closest friends and people who I've met, you know, since being more of an adult and having adult responsibilities, they're they're good friends and we all enjoy spending time together. Um, And some of them can be very close. But I think it just comes down to the fact that, you know, if I had met these people earlier, we'd be great friends and we'd be super connected. But because we met at a time when we all have uh, new responsibilities and just other things to do with our lives. You know, when we're together, we're, you know, everything is great, but we don't keep in touch as often as, as we'd like. That's been my experience. Uh, What's your experience been like with some of the friends that you've met? Yeah. So my experience is a little different because 
I have spent the last 11 years working online. So my online people I've met online have actually sort of taken the place of people I would meet in like in real life. Right. I I woke up one day as I was moving back to Idaho Falls after my divorce and realized that all of my best friends, all of my really good friends were people I'd met online through shared interests online and not in person. And I realized I need an actual social life, like a real social life where I, you know, sometimes go get a drink with somebody or uh, have somebody I can talk to that isn't in a serious relationship with somebody else. It's just, you know, and part of that too has been uh, this, my quest to find girlfriends which I've never really had before. And so it's been an interesting change to me as an adult in and moving forward, uh, just the way I'm changing my approach to friendship and making friends and, and realizing uh, that my social system probably uh, being online with a bunch of married men is probably not the way for me to go all the time. <laughs> and there's, there's a similarity here in my history as well. You know, even though I'm 40, I have been online since I was, you know, a young teenager, just in different forms. This was before the web, obviously, but there were other ways to be online. And I did meet a lot of people outside of my school and my social circle just by being online and with with like a small local community. I I found people who had the same interests as I did. And, you know, some of the people I've continued to stay in touch with over over time. But but the, the whole idea of having friends online online and it being different than the friends you meet in person, you know, there, there isn't, it's, it's, it's all the same today. And we can, we can have good relationships with people we only know online. It's just that getting outside of the whole online thing and getting in person is, is a lot more rewarding. It's, it's great to, it's great to spend time with, with friends. And so you don't want to just limit yourself to the online side of things. We want to meet these people. We want to have that in-person connection and it's real and it's what you want to do. I mean, I was giddy for weeks ahead of time about the prospect of hanging out with like you and some of our other friends in New York just because I was like, oh, my gosh, I can actually (laughs) see people and interact with them. It was great. And and part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, I'm holed up in an office all day. And then my only human interaction is when my 13 year old son, whom I love, and it's great and I love it and I'm not complaining, but he comes home and it's like, hey, let's talk about your middle school drama, shall we? And <laughs> I just it's been interesting for me to actually make an effort to go out and meet people in my actual geographic area that I can maybe see two or three times a month as opposed to once every three or four months or once a year. Yeah. uh, You know, one of the things that worked for me, um, you know, getting out and seeing people in the area is getting involved in different creative things, things that I like to do where I'm more likely to meet other people who like to do some of the same things that I like to do. So one example that has worked for me has been starting to take photography classes at uh, the Arts Council of Princeton, which is, uh, you know, where I used to live, it was only about 10 minutes away. Now it's a little bit further, but I'm still involved with that a little bit. I didn't make 
best friends with anybody I was there with, but I did I did make some connections that, you know, gave me people to spend some time with occasionally outside of, you know, outside of the photography class. We can still get together and do other things um, that are either related to that or not so related to photography, even just get together and have dinner. It's it's always great to 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 do that, to get outside and find something that you're really interested in doing, some kind of activity that involves other people as well, that other people will come to, and you can make connections with people who have these similar interests, and that's a great way to find friends. Yeah, and I like that because one of the things that we have a problem with is as we're growing up, when we're younger, a lot of our childhood or teenage relationships are just basically due to proximity. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that we're friends with, we're friends with because we went to the same school. We went to the same church congregation. We were in the same Boy Scout or Girl Scout group. We were in the same 4-H club. Just all of that kind of stuff, you're kind of thrown in there and you're doing these things, but you don't really have a lot in common. And I see that with some of my son's friends right now where he's got he's got some friends that he's, you know, really clicks with and they have a lot in common. And another one, it's like, well, they're friends because they have like five classes together. They're in every class together. They don't have anything in common, but they just see each other all the time. So they're friends. In my situation, when I was growing up, I I just kind of had the approach that, you know, I was friendly to everybody. I was open to any kind of friend um, spending time with people regardless of whether we had any kind of shared interests or anything. And I was having moved from one location, you know, to another while I was young, I was put in a situation where I was in a new school and I had to, I I had to make friends immediately. Um, You know, I, I didn't have many friends coming in and I was sort of a nerdy little kid. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd always try to do best and you know, the best I could in school, like in, you know, when I was in elementary school, grade school. And, uh, you know, it because of my approach, it was possibly a little difficult to make friends because people would see me as someone who is more interested in school. But nevertheless, uh, you know, I was certainly open to making friends and that that helped me attract a lot of people. Um, and I made some really close friends when I was younger. Uh, and that approach has worked for me as an adult, even though I'm certainly not as ostracized in, you know, in school, you know, I'm not in this situation where school kids are cruel. Um, you know, it's just not that way as, uh, as an adult still, I'm always looking for friendships, whether it's, you know, whether it's in my, um, professional life or the activities that I enjoy doing or just trying to trying to maintain connections with people that I've known for a long time. So uh, just being open to the idea, um, you know, helps. And of course, as an adult, you do have, you know, you can seek out people who have same some of the same interests as you. And 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 there isn't so much of that proximity factor. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've really enjoyed the last few months here is I went ahead and I joined the Chamber of Commerce and I started going to some of their events and and just meeting people and getting to know people and seeing more people. It's a stretch for me because I'm an introvert. And so I tend to uh, kind of be on the fringes when I go to these sort of events and, and making friends. And a lot of the time I am not the first person to make the overture. I'm trying 
like specifically to work on that because uh, it is a weakness I have. But uh, like you, I'm trying to be more open and then, you know, eventually maybe settle on. I, I don't need a huge group of friends, but I do like to have a few very close relationships. Um that's to me more fulfilling than having a large group of friends. And I don't think one way is better than another way. I just think that that's who you, you know, who you are and what you gravitate toward. And so for me, finding a few close relationships is more important to me than, than that. So it is kind of, it's kind of a push and pull because I do have to get out there and try and meet more people because it's harder to find somebody you're going to connect with on that level if you're not meeting anybody and you could do it online and just stay in your, you know, because the internet opens up a whole world of people, but I would like to have those in-person close relationships. And so I am working on that. What works for a lot of people is is just finding the right balance between close relationships and other friends, because I think they're both an important piece of having a fulfilling social, um, you know, existence. Um, you need those close friends, but you also need a circle of people that still, you know, you can spend time with, make you happy. And and maybe there's this, you know, you can look at it this way. There's a, you know, a set of concentric circles where your innermost circle is your closest friends. And you need to have, you know, maybe one or two. And you don't need more than that, really. You just need people that you know you can count on when the worst things happen to you. Um, having that kind of emotional support, um, not including your family. Um, you know, we hope that you have family who are there for you as well. But outside of your family having these close relationships you know you may they may even be so close that you consider them family even though they're not blood related um so you have that in your tightest circle in the center and then you go out to the next you know the next layer of the onion let's say and that's your your friends who you know they're you they're they're not your best friends you know you, that you may not be able to count on them all the time but you see them often you you feel that they care about you and you care about them and you know that you're an important part of their life and they're an important part of your life so you have that you know next layer and then of course you go further out these circles getting larger you can fit more people inside of them and they're you know they're the people you might see on an occasional basis not a little better than acquaintances but still not you know not not quite people who you would confide in for instance and you just keep going out in these circles and 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 i think the best structure is when you find the right balance for you between people in the closest in the closest circle and as you spread out, find out, you know, you know, the right balance between everybody in those outer circles. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, because uh, for a long time, my entire social network, my entire friend circle consisted of people that were not geographically anywhere near me and just a lot of emotional uh, investment, which is not a bad thing, but you, you sort of wake up and you're just like, okay, everybody else has like a real life. and I'm just here, right? With uh, here at my computer. And so it's kind of uh, been an interesting journey for me to try and figure that out now as an adult again. So there's a study here from the uh, Stanford Center on Longevity here that says that you can make good friends later in life. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. They feel that their closest friends are those who have been there for a long time. And how do you, how do you create these relationships that are as strong as some of your lifelong relationships, 
but maybe with people that you meet uh, professionally or or just uh, through activities that you do as an adult? I think a lot of it just goes into how much emotional energy are you investing in it and what sorts of things can you can you do together and share together? Uh, <laughs> I think that's that's what it comes down to is is what are you working on together? Who do you turn to? Um, because uh, let's be honest, when my husband asked for a divorce and and I was like, okay, well, who do I need to tell? Who who needs mm. to be told? You know, immediately my parents, obviously. And next on that list was. Uh, all people that I'd met in the last five years. Well, what what year is it now? All people that I'd met in the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And it was all people that I knew online. And I was like, okay. And, and it was just kind of a, a thing because that's who I felt safe with. And that's who I felt safe telling. And it's sort of, so I think it has a lot to do with safety, uh, how you get to know somebody. And uh, I remember this line from... If you read uh, Jane Austen and Sense and Sensibility, they talk about how, you know, seven hours can be sufficient to get to know somebody really well. If you have uh, shared interests and you're both really open and you're both really sharing, but seven years may not be sufficient to get to know other people. So it just sort of depends, I think, on how you interact with people and the level of safety you feel with them and how open you are and how open they are. Yeah. And I think that's why I feel that I don't struggle to make friends these days is I, I tend to be very open. At least I think I am. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people see me as closed off. Uh, you know, there are certain situations where I, I certainly protect myself and, you know, I, I, deal today with a lot of kids. Um, so obviously I'm not trying to make, uh, friendships with people who are drastically younger than I am, but I still remain open and, and people can come to talk to me, but it's, it's really those adult relationships that are, you know, I also spend a lot of time around adults, um, and just remaining open uh, allows you to, um, connect with people. As long as I keep myself from being closed off and I allow myself to discuss personal things with people and, and get to know and ask questions, I I have no problem whatsoever making friends. Yeah. And one of the things I'm trying to find the balance between, and that's kind of difficult for me, uh, as I'm on the A, the ADD spectrum is kind of that filter, And I spent a lot of years building up the filter so that I could interact in a socially acceptable manner. And so now I'm dealing with, well, I want to break down that filter to some degree so I can be more open and so that I can uh, interact with people. So I I kind of want to break down that filter that I've built up for myself that was naturally not there to begin with. It's a very complicated, weird thing. But I'm trying to break that down. So sometimes when I'm letting the filter go, I let it go too much and I'm back to uh, just typical ADD things that ADD people do. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Did that go too far? Was that too much? 
So it's, it's a weird balancing act, I think, for some people. Yeah. And I think that overthinking it can do you more harm in the long run. And <laughs> just you, you, you are who you are and people should like you for who you are. Um, you know, I don't feel that I go to any extra effort to be the kind of person that people want to be friends with. I think I just try to be myself uh, all the time. And, you know, I happen to be an open type of person uh, for the most part. And uh, it, se- it seems to work. I mean, you can you can. If, if you want to be open, then you can certainly practice that and practice being, you know, the type of person that people are drawn to. And, you know, there are a lot of things that a lot of things that you can do in order to be that type of person. I think being passionate about something, being involved in activities, being open, like we said, um, and just being really interested in people. One thing that I have discovered has allowed me to build deeper connections with people is just being incredibly interested in what they have to say and asking questions and really, you know, being willing to pay attention to someone and have intimate conversations with them. And I'm not talking, you know, intimacy like physical intimacy. I'm in sexual. I'm just talking about getting down deep in into what make someone as interesting as they are and people really connect with stuff like that so you you can you can find ways to make it easier to make friends once you go out and do all the things like finding you know activities that you enjoy uh finding uh different uh groups of people to spend time with and once you're in those situations just be open and receptive and it makes everything uh work so much easier Yeah. And I think one of the things that has really helped me in my own efforts is as you're getting to be open, as you're getting to open yourself to all of these situations is getting to know yourself and know who you are and what you like so that you you can be comfortable with that. And part of my struggle in the past has been, uh, who am I? Am I comfortable with that? Do I like myself? And getting to that point where you're a little more comfortable with yourself and you like yourself is an important step in making true adult relationships. Because once you are comfortable with yourself and you like yourself and you're ready to be open, you're more likely to be honest and upfront. And if somebody likes you, you can get together and it's great and you can be friends and, and, like you were saying, it's not always about romance or sexual intimacy or anything or attraction. Sometimes it's just about being friends and, you know, liking that person as a person um, and, and nothing more really. But if you can be honest and upfront and just get to know somebody and they like you and you can be friends, you have less drama too, because you're not stuck in this place where you're both trying to, trying to please each other or trying to be somebody you think somebody else wants you to be. Uh, You can be yourself and be honest. And that is, I think the real essence of a true and lasting friendship. Yeah. I think what you hit on there, which is really interesting is you have to like yourself um, because if you don't, if you are constantly down on yourself, if you feel that 
I have no friends and nobody's going to like me and, you know, everything I do is wrong and I don't seem to be able to get along in this world and I keep failing at things I do. If that is the approach that you project outward, then people are not going to be drawn to that. And, uh, you know, there's there's someone uh, who I've become friends with, but I see how he had always has a negative attitude. He's always complaining that people don't love him and he can't find, you know, the right woman and all that kind of stuff. And he's just always down and you can't expect for people to become your friend and to bring you into their circle. If, if you are always down on yourself and always projecting this negative, um, uh, feeling outward, uh, no one's going to want to be friends with someone who does that. I'm not saying that someone who is, has this approach needs to change their approach and what they're doing is wrong. And what we're saying is, you know, the right way to be, you know, you just have to understand that making friendships is going to be a lot more difficult if you're always projecting a negative um, impression of yourself. Yeah. And I think uh, a good other thing to consider is you don't need everyone to like you. Mm hmm. And this was something that uh, I told my son and that holds true as well was he came home and he's like, oh, you know, some people don't like me. Some people said mean things about me. And I'm like, people say mean things about me all the time, my friends. (laughs) There are very few people in this world that actually like me. (laughs) And that's okay. And you can't take things personally if it doesn't work out because you're not going to get along with everybody and you're not going to make that connection with everybody. And it's okay. You know, I have a few people that that like me. I hope Harlan's one of them. And and that's okay, And that's enough. I learned that approach. Like I said earlier, I moved to a new area uh, when I was very young. And, you know, I, I had to figure out that. Not everybody was going to like me. Not everybody was going to be my friend. Um, I'm still going to go off and be as friendly as I can to to everybody. Um, but I'm not going to expect, you know, people to, you know, everybody to, to like me. Um, I don't feel the need to be liked by people. I feel I do. And this is something I have to work on, feel the desire to be respected in the communities where I work. And I will work towards that as much as possible. And, you know, I try to avoid situations that would make me uh, look bad in certain ways. I don't have to be everybody's friend, but I have to be, you know, I, I want to be at least know that I am doing what I think I need to do to be a good person. And if someone realizes that and they want to be my friend, that's fine. If someone realizes that and they're not really interested in being my friend, that's fine too. Um, but I just struggle if, if people would seem to think that I'm not a good person. Yeah. And I think, and I think that, uh, you need to be able to draw that line and say, okay, there's a difference between respect and there's a difference between friendship and there's a difference between whether somebody likes me and we're buddies and there's a difference between whether they at least just respect me, listen to what I say, and I'm in, I'm held in good esteem. So making that distinction is important as well, uh, especially if you want to make lasting friendships down the road. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of things that can get in the way of making friends now that we're, you know, adults and doing adult things. Your, your interests change over time. So some of the 
people who might have been close when you were all involved in one interest might not be the same. You know, once once you're no longer inspired by whatever that interest was, you might find that, you know, you you kind of you start to lose connection with people. Um, You know, I saw this. I used to be much more involved in like science fiction type of stuff. And so I had a lot of friends who were very much, you know, science fiction type of people. And, you know, they'd be interested in some of the same shows that I'm still interested in and some of the same stories and writings and and whatnot. Um, But as other things have become important to me, um, you know, I'm finding that my circle of close friends has kind of shifted a little bit. And it's not that they weren't great people, um, you know, that I knew before. Uh, and, you know, they were, I was close to them. It's just that we have fewer things in common. So since they're not the closest bonded friendships, you know, things will, you know, will sort of slip away on one side while, you know, being replaced by friends in other interests on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of us, you know, we just grow apart because we're not interested in the same things anymore. Uh, I think uh, part of it too is you just get busy as you get older and it's not always about changing interests as it is about a busier schedule. You you have, you have family or your friends get a families, Mm. there's career, there's opportunities, all of this stuff starts to get in the way and you don't always just, you don't have time all the time or the ability to just drop everything. Yeah. Something that's really important to remember is we, we've all experienced this and if you haven't yet, you will, but when your friends start having families, they will start having less time for their friendships, um, whether they're getting married or they're having kids. It doesn't mean that they like you any less um, and it doesn't mean that you're no longer friends, but people's priorities changes. And when you if you choose to start having um, a family or you get married or you get into a serious relationship, it's normal and expected for other relationships to to kind of take a back seat. And I know this and I've seen this. People tend to get very upset that, you know, their friends who are supposed to be so close, so close that they're like family, suddenly they're they, you know, they seem to have no time because they're always spending time with their significant other. And, you know, from the outside, if you're the one who's now getting less time with your friends because they have relationships, you have to remember that, you know, priority in life is often building family and, and creating, you know, what's going to be the future for that person. And you just have to understand that. And at the same time, from your perspective, when you do start to have your own family or you get involved in, you know, long term relationships and you think the person you're going to, you know, whether it's the person you're going to marry or just stay with forever, you know, one way to approach this is to remind your friends that, you know, they're still important to them and uh, do what you can to maintain those friendships. But understand, too, that, you know, you are you are making a new life for yourself uh, and that will that just has to take precedence over some of the close relationships that you've had, you know, even even ones that take, uh, you know, that have been around for years. Yeah. And I find, too, that 
you can make connections with people where when you run into them later, you still make time for each other. Uh, I'll be on my way. Uh, my son and I are going down for spring break to see my grandpa in Arizona and we'll be spending a night in Las Vegas. And I have a friend who lives there. She's been my friend since college. And anytime in La- I'm in Las Vegas, I let her know that I'm going to be in Las Vegas and we make time to, to have dinner or lunch or just do something and you don't have to have this relationship where you're together all the time especially as uh, moving and busier schedules and changing interests and family and career and all that stuff starts to add up those are important things uh, for your life but you can still have those touchstones with people but it does require that both of you behave like adults and not like hey look at me look at me all the time so uh, let, we already touched on some of these, but let's let's go through some of the specific ways that we can make new friends as adults. Uh, we've talked about getting involved with interests. Uh, we've talked a lot about that. Um, so that's probably one of the best best ideas is to just find something you love doing, find a group of people who love doing it too, and start doing it. Uh, we touched on this as well, but I think listening and asking questions. And being interested in other people is one of the best things you can do if you want to start looking for new friends. Uh, Listen to other people and then also be honest and upfront about who you are. Yeah. And, um, you know, finding these communities and the communities, you know, these micro communities wherever you live and you know, whether there's something that's important to you and perhaps it's religion. Um, you can, you know, uh, going to religious services is a great way to meet people. Yeah. Uh, joining political organizations, joining local business organizations, community service organizations. Uh, there are, you know, go to the library, find out if there are some book clubs in town. Just there are a lot of interesting ways to meet people. And there are a lot of community based organizations out there where you can meet people and and start making friendships. Yeah, and it's important to uh, to you know put, put in the effort. But then, if it doesn't work out, realize that it's not really right. about you. I mean, don't take it personally. Uh, some people are not looking for friendships the way you might be. So uh, just keep in mind that everyone has their own approach to this, and don't feel that if you're having difficulty, that it has anything to do with you. For sure. So what are some things that you can do right now? So you want to go out, you're ready to make friends, you're gung ho. What are some things you can do right now to start making friends? Well, I think one of the first things is to figure out exactly the type of friend that you need. Is it a friend that you can go and have drinks with, um, you know, uh, once a week or every couple of weeks? Um, is it a friend that you can, you know, go on hiking trips with, um, or other activities, other sports? Um, is it someone that you can, you know, just someone to go to the movies with? I mean, figure out what it is exactly you're looking for, and that will help you figure out what you need to do in order to, uh, find someone who's going to fit the bill. And I think that's a great point is take the time to sit down and do a little self-reflection. A lot of our do now start with self-reflection on this show. And I think it's just because that's one of the most important things you can do for yourself, no matter what you're doing. Uh, And once you know that, then go out and attend something, go attend a networking event, meet three new people, make a goal. Maybe it's just two people. I'm an introvert, so I'm lucky if I meet one new person, but go out and meet somebody. 
Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a networking event. It could just be going to a bar when you if if, if you're a sports fan, you know when a game's going to be playing at a bar, you go and you meet people that way. Uh, you already have a shared interest in whatever team you're watching, um, and it, you you can go from there. Um, just talk to people. Just you know, go up and uh, even if you're shy, just, um, you know, make a comment about the team. I mean, that's that's a great way to get started if, if that's the event that you uh, that you choose. And one of the friendliest places I find is just sitting at the bar at the bar. And if you just go and get a seat at the bar, if you can and sit there, it seems to me everybody around you is in a friendly mood and just wants to chat. And that's one way to just practice meeting people. And one way I've done it is just go sit there and order one drink and just people are friendly because when you're sitting there at the bar, everybody's friends and talking so you can meet people, which is an odd thing to me. It's kind of a weird thing to me, but it's one of the easiest ways I've found to just strike up a conversation. Yeah. And it's good practice. Right. Exactly. Even if you don't make lasting friendships at the bar, (laughs) at least like you said, it's good practice if you're... uh, uncomfortable talking to people. And another thing is that you can reconnect with an old friend. Um, you know, you can you can go ahead and do that right now. Uh, things like Facebook make it so easy, too, because you can easily find people. And in fact, within your friends list, you probably have people you haven't spoken to in years. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Just uh, send them send them a message. Say, hey, I was thinking about you today. I wonder how such and such is doing, you know, find something that's relevant to them to ask them about. And you'll start up a conversation. Who knows? Maybe you'll get together. Maybe you'll you'll reconnect on a deeper level than just sending Facebook messages. Yeah, for sure. And that's something you can do today. So we do have a listener question. And this question is, is it a good idea to transition work friends into real friends? You know, I don't know if it's a good idea, but it's certainly an approach that I've I I try doing once in a while. And, um, you know, I I work with my colleagues are are, there. There are a lot of great people. Um, and I enjoy spending time with them and, uh, I like what I I just like them. So I, I try to, to use these work opportunities. You know, I mean, I don't go into an office every day, so it's not like I see people every day and will want to see them outside of the office. That's a whole other, whole other thing that a lot of people will deal with, but I don't, I don't deal with that personally. I do go to conferences and I do meet people through work, um, who, I would like to have friends. And sometimes that's more of a one-sided thing. I think a lot of people who kind of work more professionally aren't really interested in, in making friends, but Hey, I'm not going to give up. I'm still going to be, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be friendly. And if it turns into a friendship, then, then I'm okay with it. Um, you know, again, this is a situation where I don't see people every day. So it's not like seeing them out in the office and outside of the office is something that I have to be concerned about, but that could be something that is concerning to you. And it is a thing that you really have to think about because the problem with transitioning work friends into real friends is you run the risk of if your friendship, if your issues, your, your issues get real. And if there is drama and if there are problems that can, that can affect your work. And that can translate into the work environment that you're in. So 
in some it can be very difficult to say, well, you know, hey, you know, we've met at work. We're really good friends now. And let's let's go get a drink after work. Let's go see this movie on the weekend. Uh, let's let's get our spouses together and let's hang out or let's get our you know, let's double date. Let's get our significant others together. We'll go on a double date. Uh, you know, it, once you cross that line and you start doing that, it can lead to problems at work as well. So you do need to be very careful in making that transition and and be very uh, selective about how you go about that if you work in a more traditional office setting. Yeah. So I think there's no direct, you know, absolute answer to whether it's a good idea to to make friends (laughs) with people, uh, with your work friends. Um, I think it's more of just understanding what the risks are and feeling things out and uh, being willing to uh, accept the consequences if if things don't work out and those consequences could end up being as drastic as finding a new job. Right. So definitely keep that in mind and realize that if you're good friends with somebody at work, Uh, outside of that and it starts to bleed into your work environment other people might start to notice and uh, you have to think about promotions too what happens if one of you is promoted and preferential treatment and all of that stuff all comes into it all right well i think we discussed quite a bit about finding new friends as an adult uh so um thank you for joining us today be sure to check us out at adulting.tv leave us an itunes review if you enjoy what we've talked about today if you if you like hearing us and uh, we hope you do come back next week we'll have a new show for you and uh, we'll see you then thank you for listening to adulting Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.